Anyway, but anyhow, I went and died, went on out and bought it, cause I thought it would be jamming, but examine all the flaws, get walls, get off lit, sand and it's costly, but that's all shit, bro, and I hope I never have to float in that boat, up shit's creek, it's which it's the last quote that I wanna hear when I'm going down, when all said and done, and we got a new Joe in town, when the record player get to skipping and slowing down, all y'all can say is them niggas earn their crown, but until then... to the second half of Capital Sports this Sunday evening. I hope you're enjoying it. I am still Alan Moore, at least that's what it says written on the back of my underwear. Uh, okay, a quick roundup of NFL games are on right now. First half of all of them. The Browns are hammering the Titans. Browns going well this season, 24-7. Both teams are 8-3. and three. Uh, Other interesting ones, the Bungles are winning 7-3 against the Dolphins. That, that could be an, an upset uh, win there for them. Um, what else is going on? I mean, it's just it, it's it's awful looking. Some of these teams, the Colts scraping past the Texans, 
14-10 right now. The Jets, 0-11, are winning 13-10 at home against the Raiders. That is just absolutely unbelievable. Jacksonville, who are so bad all season, they are 1-10. They are winning against the Vikings in Minnesota. They are winning 9-6. The Vikings, of course, are 5-6. Now, that football match we mentioned uh, is kicking off in around 12 minutes' time. That's Liverpool and Wolves. But again, we mentioned earlier on about the situation with Millwall and um, why fans were... Well, we didn't say why they were offended, but we said what had happened. So I'm going to discuss this in a little bit more detail with uh, a group of experts. I'm going to start off with Peter P, because Peter P is going to tell us where the taking began. Peter, welcome on. Uh, welcome back, I should say. And um, where did this all start? Well, apparently, apparently, uh, some I, I I'm still I don't know the name of the player that um, allegedly it was a player or multiple that took a knee and that upset the fans of uh, Millwall. Uh, I, I believe. Well, he 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 took a knee in support of the Black Lives Matter movement, and uh, him doing that upset 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 the fans, and they started uh, booing. The uh, alleged player because well, of that. Uh, Peter, where did this start? Where did this whole thing start? The whole taking knee uh, situation. Oh, you mean? Well, of course we gotta like look back at uh, Colin uh, Colin Kaepernick when um, when he I, I believe I believe he indeed was the first one uh, to start the to start using his platform. Uh, to spread awareness about the whole movement back, I don't even remember when, like a year or two ago, maybe a year ago. He he first started he he started doing that, and he caught like a huge backlash from uh, the the fans saying that it was very disrespectful what what he was doing to the because he was kneeling during the national anthem, and uh, well that that upset some fans basically. Peter, just to, uh, before we go on to Eastolt, um do you think it is disrespectful to to take a knee during the national anthem? Because of course you're American well, as well. So what do well, you reckon? Well, you, well, you know what? I have mixed feelings about this because I, for one, like as a sports fan, I believe that it, it should it should be it, we should have uh, we should keep the politics and everything away from the sport. Because in the end of the day, it's it's a game, and uh, you know we just want to like we want to see see them play, see the game, and not think about all that stuff. But you you gotta in the same in the same time you have to understand that uh, where the players are coming from, they're using their their uh, platform to spread awareness, and uh, I really don't have anything against that. So oh. I really have like I, I really can't can't like pick a side here. Okay. Eastolt, um, what side are you on? Well, I suppose I can understand Peter's position entirely. Um, and he's made both sides of the argument there in terms of you want to watch the game, but you also want to see um, athletes use their platform. And this is their platform. There isn't a national anthem playing before the Millwall and Derby game. And as a result, they're not disrespecting. So what's happening with football is quite... <coughs> They're taking a knee prior to the game commencing. There isn't an anthem underway at the time or anything to that effect. They're simply choosing to do it. What has happened with Millwall is a disgrace. I think 
Millwall did not help themselves by coming out and saying they were saddened and dismayed by it. Saddened and dismayed isn't good enough. When racist comments were made to Ian Wright from a teenager in Ireland via... He basically made these racist comments after he had an upsetting experience with a version of Ian Wright he downloaded for PlayStation. I'm not actually making that up. He became annoyed and decided to post a series of racist comments. He sent them to Ian Wright and they managed to track him down and prosecute him. These people were part of 2,000 fans who were in the stadium. It's not difficult to identify them. You don't, you don't need to be saddened and dismayed. You need to be clear in your action. You need to ban these people for life. Okay. And you also, they arrested someone today who was making separate racist comments during the game on Facebook. So you just have to give up with these people. Okay. Um, Derek, do we give up on these people? Um, or or do, we, do we try to maybe educate them? Or, or what, what do you think should happen? Because you, you, you saw the situation in Millwall yesterday. What, what's your take on it? Um, well, start with I only have two opinions on this on this on this thing. Uh, firstly, racism in football happens every time, and I, I've actually experienced. I've I've gone to stadiums where <clears throat> I hear chants on on a black player when, when he makes a bad foul or anything. They, they, all, all those all those nasty words, and also my other opinion is I feel like. The Black Lives Matter campaign protest has been a bit, a bit too politicized, and they. I feel like they don't really care about the racism anymore. They care about giving this good image. Uh, I mean, talking about the football associations, like they, they they give an image to say to say they're supporting on what's 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 going on. Like, I ask questions like, why should Black Lives Matter only when a black man dies? Why aren't they? banning players i mean sorry fans when they make racist comments they they, are, they ignore that every weekend a, a, a black player somewhere must have i don't know some sort of fans who make bad comments so like the the question i have is are the Milwa fans tired of the politics and the business part of all this black lives matter or they're actually racist so I don't want to condemn because obviously the people who are really racist, who are booing, who are, who might be racist, and then there might be those who are who are maybe tired of politics, who who only want to go there watch the game and have fun. And I I also have my my, my personal thought is that in as much as I care about all this Black Lives Matter, I just want to watch a game like the way we have the World Cup, where I want to watch I want to watch football, and I don't think about racial differences. I just want to have fun. I just want to have fun watch the game. So I don't know. There might be people who are really racist who are booing and there might be people who are tired of the politics behind the Black Lives Matter. That's okay. what I think. No, listen, they're good points and again, you're coming from a, from a point of view that, you know, it's, it's a unique point of view for us to listen to right now. Um, Andrew Flint, um, two years ago, things were hunky-dory in Russia. Uh, there was no chanting. It was all polite. Um, some of the South American fans were using awful language in terms of, uh, well, the behaving streets was not so great, but then the language you're using towards players and other teams and so on and so forth was, you know, you know, homophobic or it was like very, very racist as well. Um, we saw it not, you know, last week with Edson Cavadi and what he wrote. Um, 
do you, where does this start and finish? Does it start with players? Does it start with fans? Does it start with, with us, maybe? Well, two answers I'd say to that. Short term, unfortunately, it does have to start with the players because they're the ones in the public eye. They are the ones who have the exposure. They're the ones who are looked up to by, well, not just children, but all levels of people, all ages of people. Um, if a player does something and nothing happens to him, it teaches people that it is okay for them to do it too. I think one of the main problems with sport in large attendances, and this is what, of course, the, the last few months without attendances has thrown into sharp relief, is that it's one of the very few places in modern society, I think, where people feel like they can just say and do anything without any reproach. And unless punishments are handed down severely and swiftly, that's only going to continue. So the examples that are set to them, and that starts with the players, um, I think it has to be them first. Long term, it has to be education. And we said this, we bang this drum because it is the drum that matters. It has to be long term education. Um, I think what uh, I think what Derek has said there, he made an extremely eloquent point, I think, about the fact that, to be honest, with Black Lives Matter specifically, it's become a slightly blurred picture. What exactly is it? that people are are condemning. Um, it's very hard to tell what every person booing is actually booing against. Are they booing against the political nature of it? Are they booing against what they are protesting against? Um, but where it starts, I think, with the players, short-term and long-term, it is education. There's no other way. Okay. Um, Isolt, I'm going to ask you about this. Um, the the legality, is it is it possible to like ban people or, or should it be better or would it be better to either educate them or to, to try and fix the solution and if so where can we fix it? My gut reaction is always to go towards education because I listened to a really interesting um, interview with Virgil van Dijk um, recently and he made the comment, he was being asked about racism in sport and his comment was that you know people aren't born racist it's this is something that is ingrained in you from your environment you can ban people. I suppose the difficulty, and actually Derek brought it to mind there where he was saying people booing, what are they actually booing for? You can't ban people for booing. It's disruptive, but people, the, the difficulty is the minute you have people who abuse players, whether it be racism, whether it be homophobia, anything along those lines, you have to take action. And we're now that there are only going to be a small number of fans in the stadiums, we need to see action taken when fans abuse players because otherwise the culture that other fans and younger fans will grow into is seeing this behaviour is okay. So education, but you have to sanction. Education is no use if you don't try to get rid of some of the bad apples as well. Okay. Um, Peter, uh, back to you. Just you, you mentioned, of course, about how you know, the way fans have been reacting to, say, college ball games and so on and so forth. Um, but do you think that in in the case where they they're objecting to uh, players kneeling during a national anthem, do you think they have a right to to, to disagree with the players doing that? I mean, I mean, I, I believe so. Yes, they 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 do have the right, whether it's right or wrong. I mean, you can't really like restrict a person from uh, like uh, presenting his point of view whether it's right or wrong but again as uh previously what was mentioned uh 
I believe the issue, the, the main issue here is that, uh, again, as previously was mentioned, people are not born racist. It's just there needs to be, uh, there, w- w- there, there needs to be an education provided of the sorts about, about, uh, these different movements and, and whatnot. Okay. Um, yeah. Basically. Okay, thanks, Pete. Um, uh, Andrew, I'm going to just ask you a different question before we go uh, finish up with uh, Derek. Um, a question from Bogdan uh, about, uh, in your opinion, will the football world change after the pandemic? Okay, so so many losses due to the virus, so um, in, in terms of financial and life, do you think the football world is going to be very, very different when kind of things normalise next year? Uh, I think so. Um, the the pandemic has brought about a lot of a different perspective, a way that people are they're furious about not being allowed to do different things. But certain restrictions are becoming accepted. What movement is allowed, um, and I think people will, in the long term, appreciate being able to eventually go back to football. And I hope it is an opportunity that is taken by clubs, by fans, as a collective to think, you know what, this is a valuable thing we have, being able to gather together to follow a team. Let's be, do it respectfully, I hope, um, and for clubs to follow suit. So, yes, I think it will have an effect. And there is a lot of frustration that needs to be vented um, by a lot of people, but it needs to be done in the right way. That is the key point. And that comes from a collective responsibility. OK, uh, thank you for that, guys. And I'm going to end off with Derek. Derek, um, do you feel comfortable as an African citizen attending matches here in Russia, for example? If there's an African playing, and I don't really feel comfortable. And because there's one time, uh, I, I experienced it. Uh, I experienced, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the stands, and then I, I just hear, I hear, was, I understand Russian, and this, if I didn't understand. And, so, and then I hear bad comments, uh, chance to a certain African guy who did something. So sometimes I don't really feel comfortable, but I have to go again and support my, my brothers, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Listen, thank you for that. Thank you all for, for that. Um, to Isolt, Derek, Andrew, and Peter P. Um, a lot of food for thought. I saw it myself in Lokomotiv at the at a Mordovia Sarans game, uh, when there's a last game of the season, only 5,000 people in the stadium, and the worst offenders were actually a group of women who were looking after kids. Um, and they had a group of kids from a, a children's home in Dietzky Dom, and the abuse they were giving to one a, a French uh, black player was just... You know, it just it just sickened me to my stomach, um, and there's there's no place for that anywhere in in football in the world uh, in life. It's 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 just not worth it. Okay, folks, we're going to go to the break right now. Uh, coming back with Nate Yerandi um, to talk about Rochenkov and a lot of other interesting stuff. But we're going out with Muse and Uprising. So back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
почти все призы к нашему пятилетию разыграны. Остался один самый главный приз. Крутой смартфон. Да нет же, твел. Напоминаем правила. Подпишись на инстаграм Capital FM. Лайкни пост с анонсом главного приза недели и отметь под ним пятерых друзей. Поздравляю, ты стал участником розыгрыша. Далее лови подсказки в эфире и получи шанс выиграть один из главных призов. Не получилось? Не расстраивайся. Есть еще куча поощрительных каждый день. Первые победители уже получили призы. Capital FM loves you! Yes! If you want to dance, just dance every party on the Capital Dance Floor. And you know what that means? You are the winner! You were lucky enough to win a tablet right here on Capital FM Moscow. Are you happy about that? Oh my god, I can't believe this. Really, I can't believe this. Выполняй условия и выигрывай. Подробности акции на сайте capitalfm.moscow и в наших соцсетях. Не является публичной офертой. With Alan Moore. Welcome back, folks, to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. It is part five, so we're going to have a, a nice, solid interview. Uh, six minutes gone in that Liverpool Wolves game. It is still nil, nil. Now, um, <laughs> a, a massive kind of, uh, how do you say, um, interesting world record collapsed, absolutely collapsed yesterday. Uh, Kenya's Kibiwat Candy, he smashed the half marathon world record in Valencia yesterday. Not look, he took 29 seconds off the mark. Okay, that uh, fellow Kenyan Jeffrey Kamwaror uh, set last year. Uh, I mean, this is unbelievable 57 minutes 32 seconds to do a half marathon. Okay, 13.1 miles, 25 years old. He won five seconds ahead of Uganda's uh, Jacob Kiplimo. Um, who again, you know, he would have been on the world record. Uh, then Ronex Kipruto, he was third ahead of a fellow Kenyan, Alexander Mutiso. All of them were inside the world record start set last year. Okay? Last year. Um, Nate Yarandi of Orion Coaching, can we believe what we saw yesterday in Valencia? Hi, Alan. Uh, first of all, can you hear me okay? Hear you loud and clear, Nate. Fantastic. You know, I'll answer that this way. Uh, in the previous six years, there have been about uh, 19 world records across various uh, distances from the 1500 up to the marathon. That's about an average of three a year across men and women. We've had nine world records jammed into 2020 alone. So three times the amount, uh, three times the uh, amount of world records in a year. And, and to your point, this doesn't include the fact that multiple men just ran under the half marathon world record. And the one who won it is someone that uh, has been unheralded at the world level before this this uh, performance. And, so and he's, not, me, that, he's not in the testing so, pool. So to you, that smells correct. that smells fishy. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as we've discussed offline, 2020 has been a situation of the uh, – Fox guarding the hen house with a near full stoppage of, of anti-doping uh, testing, especially out of competition. So, you know, um, the winner being outside the testing pool, uh, smashing the world record. This isn't all down to uh, to magic shoes anymore. 
Okay. So again, as you said, like all these DD, the great and the good, um, you know, Travis Tiger, the Osada and all his other, you know, buddies and Red Rose said, oh, we don't need to test anyone because they can't train. Now, we knew that was already a, a lie in the UK where athletes were training. Uh, like casual athletes or amateur athletes couldn't train because the times were booked up by the elite athletes. Um, you know, how will this Rodchenko act, for example, will that solve all of this? You know, I'm, I'm all for the criminalization, criminalization of doping. Uh, the current AD system from WADA to the national, the regional, the local levels in competition, out of competition. To me, it's, it's pretty much a farce. It's, it's a broken model that hasn't evolved with the evolution of the threats and of the cheating and the methods of cheating. Um, you know, as I've read it, the Rodchenkov Act is actually terrible for anti-doping. It provides uh, the USA unprecedented and an unequal international jurisdiction for starters. Um, it focuses on doping uh, conspirators and excludes cheating athletes and athletes from major U.S. sports that, quite frankly, pull in billions of dollars of revenue, baseball, basketball, hockey, are exempt from this. Now, is that because they, they're not um, Olympic so, athletes? But then again, hockey players are athletes in the Olympics. Absolutely. So are basketball, so are baseball players. I mean, all three of them are. Um, and it, it's very, it's very one-sided and, and U.S. specific. Um, you know, and it, it's funny because Roddy's lawyer, Jim Walden, he, he sounds pretty much like a cliche. Dopers should be on, I quote, dopers should be on clear notice. There's a new sheriff in town, so <laughs> cheat at your own peril. But dope, but, but, but doping athletes are exempt from this. So I don't even know what this means, quite frankly. And, and, and again, I'm no lawyer, but as I've read it, this, this is a terrible step forward and, and, and actually uh, is a nail in the coffin for anti-doping. It's, it's not helpful at all from my perspective. It's, 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 it, it, it gives the U.S. way too much uh, uh, leverage, if you will, in latitude. Well, let's okay. Let's let's give the US uh, a, a wee bit of a pass on this one, Nate. Just 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 for for I'm playing devil's okay. advocate because we're looking we're looking then at Australia. Shane and Jack, the um, Australian swimmer who tested positive for drugs, um, and kind of was trying to explain herself away. Uh, then we had another athlete uh, from Belarus, I believe, Marina Arzamazova who also, they both had ligandrol in their samples um, and neither of them can prove that they're innocent, but yet they were both treated very differently, Nate. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Neither, neither proved their innocence. They both uh, professed their innocence but couldn't prove it. Uh, Jack got a reduced ban uh, and... Arzamozova got uh, got nothing, um, uh, meaning meaning she got no reduction in ban, and so what this tells me is we're, we're there's a very Anglo Anglo perspective on this. You know, uh, Jack being from Australia, that's good. Australia is a good country, so therefore she's a good credible athlete. Uh, whereas uh, Arzamozova is is from uh, Belarus, which is you know Eastern Bloc, if you will, or evil or bad, and therefore she's not getting. Uh, the same treatment. 
you know, where we're looking at zero consistency of enforcement and execution of, of the anti-doping policies and, and, and rules. And how is that going to cause problems on it? Because, I mean, okay, the rules will, you know, we understand that the colour of your passport, the colour of your skin, uh, your agent, for example, the language you speak is going to help a lot of the time, especially if you're from Western Europe or North America. Um, but, you know, is anti-doping completely broken? Yeah, I think it is. You know, the the onus is no longer on the athlete. Uh, it's on the anti-doping bodies to prove guilt rather than on the athletes to prove innocence. And that's that's a an important distinction. And so what we're seeing with these growing number of utterly ridiculous absolutions, um, cheating athletes are further emboldened to fight the system because chances are in their favor. They'll, they'll either get off completely or at worst get a reduced ban. So why not fight it? And the anti-doping bodies don't have the budget to do so, uh, whereas athletes who make millions of dollars um, can can uh, spend that money to uh, it, you know to to fight their defenses and so forth. Nate, um, you you wrote something to me uh, about like our mentality when when athletes are caught. We, we'll say mm-hmm. it's a sad day, sad day for the sport, sad day for this athlete. It's a sad day for Ireland when our you know kind of multiple goal winning. A uh, gold medal winning swimmer gets done for like you know tampering with her test. What, why should it not be a sad day? It shouldn't be a sad day if the goal is to reduce the the cheating in sports and to catch those who are cheating. So to me, it's it's a great day when a cheater gets caught because as we know, Alan, the preponderance of cheating at the elite level, the estimates are anywhere from fifty to seventy percent of of elite. Athletes are cheating, yet the catch rate is, you know, just over 1%. So anything, any athlete that gets caught is, is a good day. Um, and when we look at the unbelievable, and when I, when I say unbelievable, I mean not believable state of performances, you know, the half marathon world record being the most recent one, why is it so hard to believe that heroes from certain countries are just, are, are not just as dirty as those from the evil countries, if you will, I, I you know, that's nationalism at, at its best, right there, or at its worst, as you could flip it on. Exactly, you know, because I, I I made that comparison a couple of weeks ago in, in a speech in our Victory Park here in in Moscow, uh, in regards to waving the flag. So if you see. English football fans with the cross of St. George flags and they're walking down the street waving their flags, you'll get nervous. If you see a bunch of Irish walking down the, the street waving the, the tricolour, you kind of go, oh, there's a party on. You know, so there is that kind of <laughs> good and bad nationalism, if we can call it that. Um, moving on then, say, to uh, amateur like you know, um, amateur uh, athletes and uh, so on. Like yep. you know, as you would say, like kind of the the, the grey area bullshit. Um, I can say that on here because it's after ten o'clock. Um, you say that around a third of masters athletes are doping. Yeah, you know, you, you read various studies, you get various numbers, but a third is is pretty realistic. Uh, but what it doesn't include are those who are taking testosterone or HGH or, or in peptide therapy um, who drive that number way up. So it's reasonable to put the number when you include those other things, to me, well north of 50 percent. Um, 
So it's, I still get uh, taken to task for that and, and people saying, well, you know, the people I compete against are clean. Uh, and I ask, well, how do you know that? Well, they're my buddies. <laughs> so, you know, so what? That, that, you know, everybody has friends. So what does that mean? Um, so, yeah, I would, I would put it somewhere north of 50%, which isn't too far off what we're seeing in elite sports. And people say, well, why are athletes doping? There's nothing on the line. Well, it's not just about money. It's about ego. It's about, you know, people giving you a pat on the back for, for winning or, or getting on the podium. It's about, uh, as we get older, wanting to retain our youth. So yeah. it, it's a multitude of things, but but to me, it still uh, falls under the the definition of of basically you know being silly and, and being um, disingenuous. It is that, that that thing where you kind of like you want to kind of uh, you know drink the elix- the elixir of you know everlasting youth, but it comes a time when you have to actually understand. Do you know what? I'm not going to be able to run as fast without really putting in the time, really putting in the effort, and suffering for it and not being able to recover in time. So obviously when the body ages, it's going to, you know, the, the recovery time is, is most important. Um, and you're, you're mentioning like a bit like, you know, well, they're my buddies, so they're not, they're not doping. You saw something different in, in high school athletics, you know, a few years ago, shall we say, that uh, around a quarter of athletes would have been taking something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely amped up over the years in high school. I mean, I, I was in high school in the 80s, late 80s, and I saw it there, or mid-80s, and I saw it back then. You know, uh, one guy in particular, I mean, I saw it across multiple football players. I, I didn't play football. I was a swimmer. But, you know, we were in the weight room just, just like they were. Um, and when you see guys packing on weight and, and having the acne across their back and just being more aggressive, you know exactly what that is. Um, you know, now it's, it's the steroids like it was back then, but it's also HGH and other synthetic substances. Um, and why wouldn't they, right? I mean, if a high school athlete wants to go pro and make millions of dollars, the incentive is there to start earlier and earlier. Um, and then you look at certain states, you know, like Texas, uh, where football, you know, Friday night football, which is called Friday night lights is every bit as popular and a moneymaker, if you will, on a, on a lower scale than, say, collegiate football, but it's every bit, every bit is big and popular. So in states like Texas, the preponderance of steroids in sports has to be even higher, quite frankly. So um, it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, we see young athletes dying in their early 20s from heart issues, um, and while maybe a certain number of them have genetic issues, how many of those are are dying unnecessarily because of what they're pumping into their bodies? That again, that is the situation that you know you you get to a certain point and you want to go pro, you want to go to college. The pressure is on, and we see it in football as well. The rate of young footballers dropping dead of heart attacks, um, you know, it just I'm sorry, it just it doesn't add up, you know. And we know that they're messing around with stuff. The pressure is on, but. That's where it's going. Look, Nate, we're going to leave it there for this evening, but I know you're going to be back with us shortly for the quiz. Um, thank you for, so much for your time this evening. And uh, let's, let's, let's cross our fingers and hope that things will get better. 
Appreciate your time, Alan. Always enjoy being on the show. Thank you. Okay, and he's going to be there with us uh, soon for the uh, quiz as well, uh, for the Big Five Fifty quiz. Folks, we're going to go out right now um, with Dermot Kennedy. Not our usual Dermot Kennedy. This is one that's called Giants, okay? So this is for all of you out there who need a bit of a boost right now. You've had a hard weekend, hard week. You're looking forward to a, a rough enough week ahead. It's going to get better. Okay, because the Big Fat Filthy Quiz is going to put a smile on all of your faces this evening. So back after break with the Big Fat Filthy Quiz going out with Dermot Kennedy and Giants. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. We used to be giants. When did we stop? Just say the word and I'll be yours. You know I never forgot the hope and the hurt. Lived inside of me There's gold in the dirt I never took the time to see But I knew of its worth When you walk beside of me And my hand fit in yours Like a bird would find the breeze We used to be giants When did we stop? From the start, you'll be the one to set me free. That day in the park, when the herd would hide from me. Those eyes used to know me, it's been way too long. You are the moon and the stars, and all they gaze upon. Time won't ever move slowly, what you waiting on? You watch you waiting on. We used to be giants. When did we start?
Okay, welcome back, folks. I hope you enjoyed that song. It's a very, very positive one like that. Uh, kind of, we need it on a cold Sunday evening here in Moscow. Warms the cockles of our wee hearts. Right, uh, talking about warming the cockles of our hearts. Liverpool have got one up against Wolves. That is 1-0 after 24 minutes. And, uh, yeah, it, it's looking good for Liverpool right now, as Andy Mack said earlier on. They should be winning that one, at least not easily, but they should be uh, winning it. Okay, uh, we've got a few more questions in as well that I'm going to throw to our people a little bit later, or just shortly, I should say. Um, we're going to go straight away to our Big Fat Filthy quiz. Um, Nate Yarandi has stayed with us, but we're going in this order, so we're going to call out your name. Okay, call out your name and say yes, or if you're here, just say how are you. Uh, Andrew Flint, are you there? Howdy. Okay. Uh, Derek, are you there? I am. I am. Oh, lovely. Nate, you're with us? I am. Lovely. Andy, Mark, you're back? Ready and willing. This is the <laughs> quiz, right? <laughs> yes, no, we're not. We're not in the dungeon. No. Yeah, it is a quiz. <laughs> uh, double N, you're with us. Uh, yep, yep. Okay, and by the way, I should put it down. Uh, Derek, you have great help out today with this, this show as well this evening. And of course, Double N has been working like a horse. Uh, and by the way, Double N, Turkmenistan are top of the World Cup qualification table right now on nine nine points. They're ahead of South Korea. Can you imagine that? Wow, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> You seem so thrilled by your own. Anyway, okay, well, let's leave that. Uh, right, we're going to start off the quiz in just one second. Before I do, I have a quick question for um, Andy, uh, actually, Andrew Flint. Um, a question from Murat says that um, Russian football is destroying the limit on legion or foreign players because there's no competition within a championship. Uh, and we can see how Russian teams perform in European competitions this year. So we need to change the limit on foreign players? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's a, it's, it's a bit of a joke, really. Um, I think the relaxation of the Eurasian Economic Union players, to use the term correctly, is, is a step in the right direction, but I don't really see what it achieves. And it, it brings that age-old problem of Russian, young Russian players being more valuable, being made more valuable than they actually are. OK. Derek, a quick question before, for you. Uh, one came in. How do we end racism in football? Uh, you said education earlier on. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. But it's supposed to start from... It's. I don't know how to do it, but I, I don't know how we can do it exactly. But it's, it's all about education. Uh, teaching kids, teaching everybody, teaching kids in the... In the academy, say we don't need to be to show hate because of color. I don't know because of race. Okay, but education is, is the key. Yeah. Okay, education. Okay, thank you for that. That was a question just sent in to us as well. Okay, folks, uh, starting off the first one, our former Russian Premier League clubs. Nate, you're at a, at a disadvantage, but I know you'll do quite well on this one anyway. <laughs> right, um, Andrew Flint. First one for you. This is a handy one. Andy Mack will be chomping at his bit for this one, or had his ball gag. Uh, Yenisei. What's the city? Yenisei. <laughs> Krasnoyarsk. Krasnoyarsk, you get two points for that one. Well done. Um, Derek. Yep. Fa- Fakel. What's the city? Uh, Fakel. You the- know this one, Derek. You know it. I know you know it. I know <laughs> you know that I know that you know it. <laughs> the Russian city, right? Yes, it's a Russian city. <laughs> okay, okay. Wait. Oh, okay. 
Derek? Do, okay, can I have a clue at least? It starts with V. The city starts with V. Uh, Vladimir. No, that's torpedo. <laughs> no. It's Voronish. Voronish. Derek. Oh, you knew yeah. that one. You did know. But anyway. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no worries. Right, Nate, this is one that was for you. I had another one, but I'm going to change this one for you it's to make it a little bit easier. Jem uh, Chujina. That means pearl. So it has to be a city on the sea or on the coast. So Jem Chujina. Yeah. Ugh, man. Ugh, I, I should have pulled out my map. Um, <laughs> Olympics. Olympics. Olympics, yeah. Olympics. Moscow. No, 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 it's not. No. St. Petersburg. No, no, that's it. No, you're two guests. No, it's Sochi. Oh. <laughs> okay. We were just talking about Rodchenkov. Anyway, the little hole in the wall, like as uh, Andy Mack likes to use. Right, talk about right. holes in the wall. Andy Mack. Um, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Sh- Leave God out of this. Uh, Yaroslav. <laughs> oh, that was glorious. Glorious. Oh, well done. Yaroslav, well done. Um, right. And Naz Dublin. I was going to say our last and not least. Mordovia. Mordovia. First letter. Listen, I'm not going to give you the first letter. You know this one. Don't play with me, boy. Don't play with me. I'm telling you, you know this answer. It's Mordovia. Come on, capital city of Mordovia. S. Come on. S. It gives an S. Uh, Mordovia. Um, Samara? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a World Cup city, but not Samara. You had S and not St. Petersburg. Or, or Sochi. Or Sochi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Moscow. <laughs> or Spartak Stadium. Come on. When the question goes to somebody else, no? <laughs> it has to go to this stage. Listen, Nazar, quick, double N, quick, answer. No, no, I don't have. Saransk. Saransk, all right. <laughs> oh, God, all right. Right, we have to move on quickly. All right, uh, back to Andrew Flint. Andrew Flint, nobody likes us and what? We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. No, it's, no, it is about the Millwall, but the headline is, I'm going to, I'll give you, I'll give you two for that. Okay, I will give you two for that one, but uh, it's not correct. It's nobody likes us, and we embarrass ourselves even more. There you go. It's a, that's a terrible one, but anyway, uh, right, Derek. Um, yeah. What is out of the bottle? Something or what is out of the bottle? The water is out of the bottle. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to give you two points. It's Genie. But Genie Bouchard, the uh, the Canadian tennis player. So it was Genie's out ah. of the bottle. So she dyed her hair. Anyway, there you go. Ah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, Nate, this is for you. Okay. Now, if you listened to earlier on the show. Uh, do you know what? Actually, I won't. Oh, no. I'm going to give you this one instead. Okay, this relates to the Paris 2024 Olympics. What and what? are set to be included in the Olympic program. So what and what are set to be included in the Olympic program in 2024 in Paris? Oh, jeez. Esports. And golf. Yes? No? (laughs) No. Way off. (laughs) Way off. (laughs) Way off. Um, but I'm going to give you two points because they're interesting, actually. They're, 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 they're intelligent answers. It is parkour and braking. 
Before anyone asks, breaking is Break? is, is competitive breakdancing. Competitive oh, breakdancing. Wow. As soon as I say competitive breakdancing, I go, ooh, yeah. So parkour, I mean, parkour. I don't know about that. Okay, right. Can we even call it the Olympics anymore? My uh, gosh. I, I, I think Tiddlywinks is going to be there soon, or I don't know. <laughs> uh, listen, Andy Mack will come up with something. Um, all right. Which uh, one of those two are you signing up for, Alan? I'll, I'll go for parkour. I'll go for parkour. Yeah, okay. I, I like that one. Not breaking. Um, or probably Tiddlywinks. Okay, right. Uh, Andy Mack, question for you. Um, Juba is what? There's multiple words in this one. So Juba is what? <laughs> Be so careful with you this gave one. this to Andy Mack. Really? <laughs> Red Bull. Is what? Red Raw. <laughs> red Raw. You know what Raw takes or what? Uh, no, he's not Red Raw. It is is set to return as Russian captain. <laughs> God, he's, <laughs> I, was, I was close. Yeah, very close. Yeah, extremely close. Right. Um, uh, finally, double N. This one is good for you. Uh, my what doesn't define my life? This is from the Australian football football player Hayley uh, Rasso, who uh, broke her spine uh, a couple of years ago playing soccer in America. She's now playing with Everton in mm. England. So, my what doesn't define my life? Um, I'd go with career. My career doesn't define my life. No. Uh, yeah, I'll give you two for that. That's, that's interesting. It's actually my injury. So, oh. um, if it was Andy Mack, it would be his milkshake. But anyway, we'll know more of that. Um, Okay, so finally, Russian Premier League. Something that rhymes with hacky sack. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, um, finally, our Russian Premier League questions. It's either or answers, so folks, uh, take your time. Right, first one straight away with Andrew Flint. Um, apart from Spartak Moscow, how many other Spartaks have played in the Russian Premier League? Is it three or two? Three or two? Oh. I'm going to go three. You, you went wrong. You should have gone two. It was two. Ah. Can you name them? Nalchik Na- and Vladikovkos. Alanya, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you one. I'll give you one for that. So you are finishing up on five points. Uh, good job. Okay, Derek. Yep. Torpedo's highest, Torpedo Moscow's highest ever finish in the Russian Premier League. Was it third mm-hmm. or fourth? Uh... I'm going to go for third. Are you sure? You no, happy with fourth. that? <laughs> What's your Third or fourth? Um, fourth. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> you cool, man. <laughs> Wait. Uh, I'm going to go with third. Well, you went well. Well done. Five points for you. It was third place, so you finish up on seven points. So I want to test you. I want to just test you. Right. Uh, this is one that I couldn't give to uh, to Andrew Flinch because he knows the answer. How many years, Nate, were FC Tumen, that is uh, the adopted hometown for Andrew Flint, how many years were FC Tumen in the Russian Premier League? Was it two or five? Two or five? Five. Oh, nailed it. Correct, Andrew Flint? No comment. The record-breaking <laughs> points total is still sore memory. Well done, seven. So, Andy Mack, give a chance to win this now. If you get this right, you win it, okay? So, uh, no pressure. 
Okay? Kamishan, <laughs> Kamishan, okay? Their team was called Energia Textilchik or Uralan? Uh, Uralan. You, oh, no. Uralan were <laughs> Elista. It's Energia Tax. <laughs> anyway, and would you believe Kamishan actually played in the uh, the Europa League? They played uh, Bekeshava from Hungary and then they lost to Northern France. Anyway, right. This, this is going to end up quite well. Um, double N, question for you. Lada are the name of this club from what city? Is it Togliati or Sarov? Oh, it's Togliati. Oh, Togliati, you think? Yeah. I'm, I'm certain, I think. Oh. <laughs> You're certain you think? Okay, you are certain and you are correct. So you have, with oh, well done, with five points, you've ended up on seven, right. So we have a three-way tie. Uh, Derek, Nate and Nazar. Oh, this is this is going to be good. The two Andes have been beaten into submission. So, uh, first question yeah. for you, Derek. Um, <laughs> the, the, the question for you is, the name of the city that had the team in the Russian Premier League, that the team's name was Okean. What was the name of the city? Okean? Yeah. The name of the city. The yeah. club was, was in the city. That was the name, right? Yeah. So the, city, the, the t- club name was Okean, so Ocean. What's the name well, of the city? Okay. Can I ask why they called Okean? Uh, ocean. Means Ocean. I know, I know what I can, but I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> You've got three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Vladivostok. Oh, no. Nachotka. Okay. So you on the first uh, sudden death have lost out. Uh, Nate, is it now to you? Who have had more seasons in the Russian Premier League? Yenisei Krasnoyarsk or Dinamo Stavropol? Yenisei, of course, we mentioned earlier on, where myself and Andy Flint were, or Andrew, uh, Andy Mack were last year. So is it Yenisei Krasnoyarsk or Dinamo Stavropol? The second one. Dinamo Stavropol, you are correct. You are correct. Well done. Okay. What team were described yesterday as like Barcelona under Guardiola? That's for you, double N. What team? Was it Dublin or Mayo? Um, let's go with Dublin. Oh, you went well. Well done. You got it right. And do you know what? I, I'm going to call that a draw. I'm going to call that a draw tonight because it was two. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. We have two. We're all. You're all winners today, guys. You're all winners. Congratulations. But there are two best winners. That's Nate and Nazar. Congratulations. Joint first place. No one seems happy about it. No? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's upset by that one. Okay. Do we get a swell prize? Say it again, Knight. Do we get a swell prize? Yeah, yeah. You get, um, for first place, you get uh, one week by the Black Sea. And for second place, you get two weeks by the Black Sea. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Right. I will bid you all a good night and take care of yourselves. And thank you again for joining us this evening, guys. All right. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Okay. Uh, folks, we are heading out now into the night. We have joint winners of that, of course. Well done to Nazar, to Double N and to Nate. Um, the score is still 1-0 between Liverpool and Wolves there in the 39th minute. NFL scores, nothing really changing. It's into the second half. The Browns are 38th. 
13 up against the Titans, who are, of course, playing at home. So a big win on the way for the Browns. 7-6 between the Bungles and the Dolphins. And the Jets have now had a turned around. They are losing 24-13 against the Raiders. So the Jets yet to win a game this season. The other team that are playing so bad this year, of course, well, let's just say the, the, the Jaguars there, 16-13 up uh, against the Vikings. Okay, folks, we'll go it right now. Um, it's been a tough L week for all of us. We've gotten through it. We've got a great week coming up ahead. And trust me, folks, when I say this, everything is going to be all right. Now, we're not going to play with Bob Marley. We're going to play out with something else, a song called All Right. And I want to thank you all for being with us here this evening. Uh, so until next week, I'm Alan Moore on Capital Sports, Moscow's Capital FM, saying take care of yourselves and each other. And remember, stay safe and talk to you next Sunday. This is Jude Underline and All Right. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. We're going to be all right. in my head says we're gonna be around